Sunday morning is here. And I'm ready to share with you what I feel the Word of God and the Holy Ghost has given me for our church family and to whoever it may be that would join us here today. I've been hungering for, for the Lord to speak to us. I, I know that right now there is a, uh, I guess you'd say, a multiplicity of, of emotions that are taking place uh, all over. And um, uh, people's emotions are running high. You can feel the the anxiousness even in the air and, and uh, you know, but even in all of this and the anxiousness that we feel and maybe even our emotions maybe being a roller coaster up and down, there's a, there's a solidity to our faith and, and I can feel that in my heart right now. I feel uh, just a, an unwavering calm in my spirit uh, that God, again, knows where we are. God knows what we're going through. And uh, in, in the course, I guess, of preparing, I, I don't, I'm not seeking the Lord, uh, asking him for a uh, corona message. <laughs> I guess you could say I'm not looking for uh, a message for that. I'm, I'm asking God where we're not maybe congregating together uh, and we're, we're rubbing shoulders and touching base. I'm asking God for the heartbeat of people. What are people feeling at this moment? What are they going through at this moment that I'm not maybe privy of because I'm, I'm not talking to them maybe as much as I would like to or we're not uh, rubbing shoulders in a fellowship uh, group setting like what I am here right now. I mean, I'm here to an empty church outside of me and my wife. That's it. And uh, so I'm not privy to that, that level of maybe sensitivity, if you could say it. So I've been asking God, speak to my heart. And give me something that's going to help where we are right now. And where many people are, are in their homes, what they're going through. And I feel the Lord has done that. I feel that he has, has spoke. This has been with me now for a few days. And I feel like the Lord wants to talk to us today. I want us to pray before we get started. I challenged you uh, some time ago. Set the atmosphere it's in your home. I've, I've challenged all of us uh, from this very pulpit right here. How, uh, about how the atmosphere's got to be right. And I uh, went into Genesis, how uh, the atmosphere, out of the atmosphere is what he created things from. So I hope that you've set the atmosphere in your home through prayer and seeking the Lord uh, because I really believe that what God wants to share with us today is going to touch the heart as long as the soil of that heart is ready. I want us to pray before we get started. Jesus, I thank you again for the opportunity to come to your people with your word. That God, this is never something that we take lightly, but with all my heart and with all of my strength, I want to deliver what you have given to me. Let it be a blessing to your people. I plead the blood over every family member. I plead the blood over every home. And I pray, God, to those that have an ear to hear and are hearing your word, are going to hear your word, let it go forth with a clarity and an understanding let it penetrate the heart. I ask you today in Jesus' name we pray. Jesus' name we pray. I want to start uh, by reading a text here. Revelation chapter uh, 1. Uh, very, very uh, interesting book to say the least. Revelation chapter uh, 1 is what I'm going to read from. But the whole book is a very interesting book. And uh, before I read this text, I'm going to ask you please uh, don't, don't. Uh, judge me before I can get into the message. I know many times when you hear somebody take from the book of Revelation, uh, they're, they're going to try to 
expound upon what the beast is and the horns on the beast. And you know what? I, I'm not a, uh, an end time prophecy. I, I don't have a whole lot of understanding. I try. But today, before you, before you discount my text, don't just, just write it off. Let, let, let me get into the heart of it. And I believe God's going to help us. Revelation chapter 1 and starting with verse 9. I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation, in the kingdom and, oh, I'm sorry, and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit, verse 10, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet, saying, I'm the Alpha, the Omega, the first, the last. What thou seest, write in a book and send it into the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, unto Samaria, unto Pergamos, unto Thyatira, unto Sardis, and unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. The text I'm going to really launch from, or I want to talk about, is verse 10. And I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. One translation for when it says I was, it says I have become in the spirit on the Lord's day. The word Lord's day is referring to that which pertaineth to the Lord. And I'll get into a little bit more detail here in a little bit uh, about that particular text. The writer of Revelation, John, John is what he commonly called the revelator. John is speaking to the seven churches of Asia at this point. He makes reference to them uh, in the verses I read there in verse 11. Tells you the seven churches, the seven pastors that he is, is preaching to. And he starts his dissertation or he starts uh, as he begins the address to them. And he says, I am your brother, first of all. I, I, I'm, we're, we're, this is not something that separates you and I, but uh, we're, we're brothers in this, in this text or in this word that I'm writing to you. So you see that John is trying to create a familiarity and trying to bring them in and, and, and not a sense of isolation between them, but he's trying to present to them this sense of family and that we're together in this. And then he goes a step further and he begins to say that we're companions. And, and you could study that out a little bit more. And he's speaking of men uh, that, that have grown close, not in a, uh, a different way like many times the world maybe would denote it, but yet a sense of camaraderie and friendship. And, and, and we've been through some things together. John, at this particular point, John is on the Isle of Patmos. It is a place of, 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 of banishment. It's a place where uh, they would send prisoners. Not now, if you read modern day, uh, transla not translations, modern day maybe geographics or history, uh, it would say that it's a little bit more modern. There's a town there and different things. But back then there was nothing there. It was about a 15-mile circumference island, uh, no trees. It was a lot of sharp, jagged rocks. Uh, it was a place of banishment. It was a place of isolation. It was a place uh, that, that people were sent to prisoners by the government. That uh, they were meant to just sit there in isolation and misery. And when you, when you see uh, the, the full, I guess you'd say, geographical text, 
uh, or geographical history uh, opposing the modern, uh, it was not a place you'd want to be. It was not a place of luxury. It was not a place of, of, of friendship. And here John is alone on an island, uh, desperate, uh, at a place where really uh, he had no uh, even uh, companionship for himself. But he's trying to relate as this is wrote or eventually gets in the hands of these pastors that he's a companion, he is a brother, he's a fellow laborer. He, he, he's trying to connect to them the best way he can. And what I want you to see is, is the distance. They're not there with him. He's alone. He's by himself. He's in a place of isolation. I purposefully have held back on my title because I wanted to give this backdrop. And here is my title for today or my objective target I'm trying to hit. Your position determines the purpose. Your position determines the purpose. Because you see, not always do you and I find ourselves in positions that are conducive. We find ourselves in positions of friendships that are not conducive for living for God. We, we find ourselves in positions of work relationships that are not maybe conducive for living for God. Your position in proximity to people, to God, to things around you, they matter. They matter. And it determines the purpose by which God has for you and I. And that's why many people would, 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 would try to say, or I've heard people even say uh, repetitively, I, I struggle in living for God because uh, I, I just don't have uh, what I need to live for God. I don't have maybe the friendship or the support group, or I don't have this. And we as a church work really hard at trying to make people feel inclusive, that, that all people are accepted in, into the body of Christ as long as they obey the Word of God and the things of God. But, but until then, you're going to be loved and appreciated. You, you've got that element in church. But what do you do when your position is not connected? And you're having to connect through this kind of stuff right here. You're having to connect through a video. I'll be quite honest with you. I've, lived, I've said this, I think, maybe before. Uh, forgive me for maybe a redundant statement. But I, I've watched videos on YouTube and different things before. It's hard sometimes to connect. And, and we're doing our best to try to get it there and get the word there. But yet there's another component that as much as it's coming and as much as it's not comfortable watching it through a, a video or a phone or an iPad or a smart TV, whatever it may be, your position in proximity of all of this. You say, well, I'm sitting here watching. Yeah, but here's the thing. Position sometimes in physical terms doesn't always get us where we need to be. God's wanting to show himself to us like he's never shown himself before. God's wanting to give you and I a relationship with him that we've never had before. And if I let the limitations of a video or I let the limitations of uh, what's not comfortable, we're, we're just like John. We're on an Isle of Patmos in, in, in essence, a proverbial, not because of uh, maybe a persecution or uh, I'm not ascribing to any of that. This is not persecution. I'm still standing in a building with air conditioning. I'm not being persecuted. We're just at a place of challenge is all it is. But yet even in this challenge, there is feelings of isolation and a feeling of, of, of I'm, I'm trying to connect and I'm struggling. I, some of you here today, Brother Benoit, I'm trying to connect. And many might not even sometimes, maybe the ones I'm, I'm preaching to aren't even going to watch this. I don't know who or the what. All I know is this. I know the Lord spoke this to my, very clear to my spirit. Your position determines that purpose. 
And John was on a place. He could have looked at Patmos and said, I don't like this. This ain't fair. It's about 96, I think, if I remember reading it right from the commentaries. It's about 96 B.C. or when it maybe came to light. I'm not quite sure on that exactly. But I know that it was a good ways after many of the disciples had passed. And John is the last one. And he could have said, I've preached for you. I've done all this for you. And this is how it ends in isolation. This is how it's going to close with just me here. But see, here's what, it, what John was telling those pastors of those churches. I'm a brother. I'm a companion. We've stuck together through other things. This might not make a lot of sense right now, but we can stick together through no matter what. And here's what he says. Verse 10. I was in the Spirit. First thing is, is I was. It means I became. Here's what John is trying to tell these pastors. You're going to face things that you don't understand. But if you can learn to become in the Spirit, it's not going to always be comfortable for you to be in the Spirit. This text right here, he's not talking about some trance like what happened to Peter in Acts. Where Peter went into a trance and it descended. Or Paul. Or, or different ones. This, this particular text is not talking about him going into a trance. It's talking about John literally began to loose himself from his current situation. And he lended his heart and his spirit into calling and positioning himself for God to speak to him. If John on the Isle of Patmos, who's looking out across broken rocks hopelessness and things that just does not merit uh, a relationship with God. I've heard people say, man, I, I can't live for God because, man, if I had to be out on the mission field, boy, that would be tough out there. They're out in the jungles and they don't have internet and they're living for God because there's a purpose that God's doing in them while they're in position. John could have looked at all of this and said, this is not the way I intended for it. This is not what I wanted. But John chose... To become in the Spirit. He chose to push back everything that was not right right now. The persecution. If you go back and read it. I, I think it's in maybe verse uh, 9. Maybe even verse maybe a little further back. Yeah. No it's 9. He says. My brother and companion in tribulation in the kingdom. And patience of Jesus Christ was in the Isle of Patmos. For the word of God. Here's what John just said. I preached the word of God and this is where it got me. I stood for what was right and this is what it got me. Banishment in an aisle. Now I know right now we're not on the Isle of Patmos and some of you here today could say, well I haven't preached the word of God. No, but here's the thing. Sometimes doing what's right in the word of God is going to cost you something. Sometimes living for God is going to cost you some friends that you don't want to give up. But if you would be willing to let God have his way in your life, you're going to get something that's going to fulfill your heart and soul that you can't get nowhere else. And that's what this text is trying to show you and I. John said, I'm not going to let my current situation, I'm not going to let what's not right in my life, I'm not going to let situations that I cannot control dictate to me my peace. I'm not going to let what, what I, I was preaching the word. I was doing right. What about all of those that are to hear our church family? You've been living right. You've been doing right. Why did this hardship come? It's here. 
I can't change it outside of God's will and prayer. God, you can only change this. But I tell you what I am going to do. I'm going to do everything in my power to become. I'm going to do everything in my power to get under what God's trying to do in the spirit. And say, okay, God, I'm not going to be distracted. God's helped us tremendously. He's turned away every distraction, for the most part, that could cause you and I from living for him. And it's like God has just kind of leveled the playing field. And he's saying, I'm pushing back every, distra every distraction. And the whole world right now is literally at a standstill. And God's just looking for a John that will say, you know what? I'm turning back to you. I'm going to give you. I I'm never going to take church for granted again. I'm never. I'm not going to do it. I don't want to be like 9-11. The whole world stopped. Everything shut down for just a couple days. And not long after that, everybody went right back to what they were doing. Everything went right back to distractions and, and doing everything under the sun. I said this the other day. And, and I, may, I, I may get a, a black mark by my name for this. But I'm going to say this statement that I feel very strong about. In this situation and circumstances we're in, the spiritual are going to get more spiritual. Those that are hungry for the things of God are not going to let a video stop them. They're not going to, that's why I said the people that probably need to hear this ain't going to listen to this. But just by chance there would be one person. I encourage you, if there's a slight bit of hunger in your heart, hunger for the things of God now like you've never done before. Don't be in the other category that I'm going to make the statement for. There's more spiritual are going to, those that are spiritual are going to get more spiritual. And those that are carnal, this ain't going to change them a lick. I'm reaching for those that while God has given us such a moment of distraction-free time, turn to Him. Let God's heart speak to you. I, I found something the other day. It was written by C.S. Lewis in 1942. And he said, I guess in an inspirational moment, he said, Satan, I guess God's speaking, Satan, I will cause anxiety and fear and panic. I will shut down businesses and schools, places of worship and sport events. I will cause economic turmoil. Now Jesus speaking, quote, I will bring together neighbors, restore the family unit. I will bring dinner back to the kitchen table. I will help people slow down their lives and appreciate what really matters. I will teach my children to rely on me and not the world. I will teach my children to trust me, not their money or their material resources. That was in 1942 C.S. Lewis wrote that. If I don't know a more accurate description of where we are, I haven't seen it. That describes God is saying, turn back to the family. Do that which pertaineth to me. That's the end of this story with John. He says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And I heard behind me a great voice. The Lord's Day, that particular translation, I didn't write it down. The original Greek is something like kurios or kurus. Uh, again, forgive me for the pronunciation. I'm not a Greek scholar. You can go read it. Look it up. And it's only used two times in the whole New Testament. One is right here. And the second time is in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 or 11. I think it's 11 where it talks about the Lord's Supper. And the word Lord is used there again. And that one is pertaining to a meal unto the Lord. John is saying, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. I was, I took time and I gave that which pertaineth unto him. What could John have given on the Isle of Patmos that God would have cared about? Is he looking for a fancy sermon? No. Is he looking for fancy buildings? No. Here we are today to an empty building. 
What was he looking for? That John said, I became something. And it was something that pertained unto the Lord. He was looking for something. God was. What was it? The answer is John. His position determined the offering that was given unto the Lord. That in turn, what was John's purpose? John's purpose, if John would have never went to Patmos, we'd have never had the book of Revelation. The book and the purpose was to get a message out to seven churches and pastors that needed the words that was going to come from John by revelation. But if John would have never positioned himself on the Isle of Patmos, the purpose of God could have never been revealed and we wouldn't have the book of Revelation. One simple scripture, verse 10. For I was in the Spirit. On the day that pertaineth unto the Lord. Now I've heard some of them saying commentary say, well, it was a Sabbath and all this. Well, to us that are Holy Ghost filled, we know Sabbath is every day. I'm going to take it to John. John was Holy Ghost filled. He had been baptized in Jesus' name. John knew the gospel message. It was John that wrote the, the, the beginning, Jesus speaking. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 14 of chapter 1 of John says, And the Word was made flesh. John had the revelation of who Jesus was. It was one God manifested in the flesh. He had a revelation through the words of Nicodemus in John 3 when Jesus and, and Nicodemus were sitting in talking and he said how can a man be born again can he enter into his mother's womb twice Jesus said no a man's got to be born of the water and the spirit it was John that penned those moments see position matters how many sermons did John hear from Jesus that enabled him to position himself for this revelation? I'm telling some saint of God, some family member of Indian Village, some backsider, some saint, it doesn't matter who you are. Your position matters. It determines your purpose for tomorrow. How many sermons have you and I heard in 30 years? Were we close enough in that message to position ourselves, to hear what we needed to hear, that when the book of Revelation, our John moment came. I hope this is making sense. Were we positioned when the critical moment came? John was there. He was there when Jesus spoke to Nicodemus. He was there when they, they, the betrayal at the Last Supper. And Judas betrays him. Who laid his hand, head on the bosom of Jesus? It was John. Don't tell me position doesn't matter. It matters. Like even right now. You say, well, I'm watching this, but where's your spiritual position? I know it's uncomfortable. I know it's not good uh, watching it this way. I know you, you can't. Trust me, I don't like it either. I'm not comfortable preaching to an empty building. I said it the other night. When I, a Sunday, last Sunday morning, I look across there and I, I want to see Aaron and Ashley over here and, and this crew over here and, and, and this one at Brother Carlton and him here. I want to see everybody. But I cannot let the physical problem cause me to separate me and create a spiritual problem. I can't let me not coming together with my brothers and my sisters and being able to preach to a house full and shake your hand and hug your neck and tell you I believe in you and God's helping us and the, the atmosphere charged with revival. I cannot let my physical environment dictate my spiritual position because I've got a purpose in my life. You've got a purpose in your life. And if you and I separate our positioning 
It could be a, I'm not saying you're going to write a book of Revelation. Please let me speak it metaphorically. Who is it right now? John had to get this to seven churches. Who is it today to not me? Who is it that people are depending on me positioning myself to hear the voice of God in prayer? C.S. Lewis saw it in 1940 something. <laughs> Something's coming. Something's going to happen. These situations are inevitable. And we get through this. What are we going to do? I'm trying to help somebody understand. Even though we're separated physically. Even though this isn't comfortable doing this over the videos. Even this isn't an empty church. I cannot lose my spiritual positioning in my relationship with God. And John determined he wasn't going to let a barren, dry, desolate, arid, rocky, miserable prison lock him down in his spirit. You can lock me down in my body. You can keep me. Or I can... You know, we're choosing to do this. The government's not doing this. They're recommending it. We're, we're choosing not to congregate because we're wanting to protect our fellow brothers and sisters, companions. But here's what you've got to hear today. I can become, I can get under the Spirit. I can get in the Spirit on a day that, per, that pertains to Him. That means on, you don't have to wait for this Sunday message. You don't have to wait for it to come back on Wednesday. You can get up on Monday morning and, and, and have a prayer meeting that could change your family. I'm telling somebody in the Holy Ghost, that's what this is all about. God's trying to give us a revival in families first. Because if we get our families in order and our families straight and our families praying again and, and like he said, eating supper again. I'm telling you, when we get back to the house of God, there's going to be an outpouring of His glory. I know I don't have the mic. I don't know. I know it might not be coming across audibly. But please forgive me for my, my heart is just reaching so deep here tonight. Today in this. I, my heart is just. This has been on me for a couple days. And I feel my gut trying to tell somebody. The spirit in me is trying to pull somebody out of the lethargy and complacency you've been at. And he's allowing all of this to get our attention. Nothing matters more than God. And if I'll do that which pertaineth to Him, if I'll be faithful, if I'll worship Him, I wonder who's going to run when we come back to church that's been wanting to run, but yet you maybe haven't been running. I wonder who's going to run. I, I'm wondering if those that, that kind of I've been preaching for a while and I say this I say this over the last few years I've been in several churches when I evangelized I've got even mental facial pictures coming to my mind of people in revivals I preached to and they wouldn't move and they wouldn't respond and they just sat there I wonder their first time back to church I wonder if they're going to be the one that's going to move if they, I, I'm wondering what's going to be different. I, and that's why 
I'm saying. Let the will of God be done in this season. Let's do whatever we got to do that we position ourselves for the purpose of God. That when we come back together, we're not having to pick people and say, come on now. After all of that, you should be on board. Everybody comes and says, I'm not just here to hear a message. I'm not just here to hear a good song. I'm here because I'm ready to see the purpose of God in my life. That's the reason for positioning yourself in times of difficulty. Times that don't make any sense. Well, your position, it matters. Ask Daniel. He ate the lentils and the he wouldn't eat at the king's table and the king's meat. And he, signed, he, he brought himself away for a time of prayer. And if I remember the story right, it was there that Daniel got a vision. His prayers were in, in a battle with the prince of Persia. In places that are not conducive for living for God. That's what I want you to see today. John wasn't in a conducive place. I'm not in a comfortable place. Let God shake it up. Let Him shake up our traditions. Let Him shake up our families for the good. And here's the thing. God's not some sick, twisted individual. Well, God sent the corona. No, no. God could have stopped it. But God didn't. You say, well, that's not fair. Well, he's done this before. You say, what are you talking about, Brother Benoit? Well, you need to go read your history. 1918, 1917, 1919, right here in North America, the Spanish influenza hit our country. If I remember the count right, it was thousands of people that died. Thousands of people died. 60, 675,000 people died. 1919. There was no video. There was no social media. You, they didn't have what you and I got. And today, there's still a church. There's still Holy Ghost filled people. One God, apostolic, tongue talking, Holy Ghost pew running, rolling floor jumping, apostolics. The church did not go away. The church made it through the Spanish influenza in the early 1900s with no technology. Our environment does not dictate whether we live for God or not. Your heart determines whether you live for God or not. I might not, I've said this before and I think it's kind of humorous. I'm not looking for votes on my videos today. I'm going to tell you what I know the Holy Ghost is telling me to tell you and tell somebody. Your heart needs to be right. Your heart needs to be right in living for God. Because whether it's a Spanish influenza in the 1900s or it's a Corona in 1920, whether we got video or no video, you can live for God. If you want to. And I'm telling somebody right now. I feel the faith of a Holy Ghost moving so strong. 
telling somebody, encouraging somebody. I, I feel the encouragement myself right now as I'm speaking this to an empty building. God's for us. God's got this. We're going to pull through this and we're going to be stronger and better. And as I said, the hungry are going to be filled. The hungry are going to become more spiritually minded. The hungry are going to become in the spirit what God wants them to become. And they're going to hear the answer that they're wanting for their family. You say, how does all this matter? I'm closing. How does all this matter? I'll tell you. We're looking for everything under the sun for an answer to how to help our family, how to do this, how to do this, and how to do that. When really, John became in the Spirit. He, he began to pray. He yielded his mind, his heart. God's making it easy for us because distractions are put out. He gave it all. And when he did, and he gave God that which pertained to him, which was himself, John, God said, I'm going to speak to you. And God spoke to John and gave him a message for seven churches. I wonder what man, what woman, is man, man of God, mama, a daddy, is going to get a message from God of how to put your family back together. How to cope when your nerves are being torn in 50 million directions. How to deal with the fear and the anxiety that you're feeling right now. God's going to give somebody an answer because you understand. Position is not always physical. Position is spiritual. Position physically matters. Because you run with people you don't need to run to. Like the old saying, you run with the dogs, you're going to get the fleas. It applies physically too. But in this hour... We're positionally separated. And here's what God's saying, but you're unified in the Spirit. And if you keep your position in the Spirit, stay faithful. Keep praying. Keep fasting. Keep hungering for the things of God. God is going to help you and I in an unprecedented fashion. An unprecedented fashion. I close with this last statement. John, on Patmos, isolated. Environmental situations not conducive to his living for God. But he still put himself in a place that he could get revelations from God. Answers. Revelations is a big word. How about just answers? He could hear God talk to him. There's no greater thing you and I could ever possess. It's not the money in the bank or how, how well you're doing. It's can you hear from God? Can you hear from God? So John had that ability. But here's one that I'll close with. Joshua, who was the servant to Moses. He led Moses, or he followed Moses everywhere. He was faithful to serve Moses in the capacity that God had called him to. His positioning to his leader was important. Because when the day finally came that Moses could not go into the land of Canaan, Joshua was positioned to be elevated to a new place. And there Moses conferred to Joshua in front of the people. This will be my man. He will take over from here. I can't go with you any further. And from there, Joshua that had kept a physical position close to his leader. Now there was a spiritual position that was transferred to him from Moses. By the prayer of his leader. You say, what does that really matter? How does that matter to me? Well, 
Somewhere in all of this, I remember Joshua praying a prayer. If I remember it right, it was Joshua that said, Son, stand still. How could the sun stand still? First of all, the earth moves around the sun. The sun don't move around the earth. It's the earth that rotates this way. And I remember a long time ago, an old elder preacher used this, this scripture one time. And it was such a powerful thought. He, he said Joshua didn't even pray the prayer right. But God still honored it. And time was extended for that day. Because the sun don't move around the earth. Joshua said, sun stand still. He had the prayer wrong, but God still honored his prayer. Here's what I'm saying. You might not know what to pray right now. You might not know what to say. You might not even know your relationship with God. You won't admit it to nobody, but maybe you're backslidden in your heart. Your relationship from God. When was the last time you just let the tears begin to fall down your cheek and you just wept and had a good old-fashioned prayer meeting? This is what this is all about. God's asking you and calling you to that place. You might not know what to pray. Well, guess what? Joshua didn't either. But yet he knew position determines the purpose. He stayed positioned to his leader. He stayed positioned to God. So I tell somebody or admonish somebody, I challenge you. Now in this hour of political correctness, you know, you don't even know what to say anymore. Let me challenge you. Stay close to your leadership. Stay close to God. Because it's in that positioning your purpose will be revealed for whatever it is God has for you. You could be the next prayer warrior. You could be the next Bible study teacher. You could be the next bus captain. You could be the next this or that. You say, well, I don't care about none of that. But here's what you've got to see in all of that. Good that you don't care about that. Care about this. The fulfillment you will get in working in the kingdom of God and living for God is far more greater than anything you could ever get in the world. I say that from a testimony. I didn't always live for God. I kind of went my own way and different substances and all these things. I did all of that. And I've now lived for God close to 26, 27 years. Been filled with his spirit. Been baptized in Jesus' name. And there's no greater place I could ever find myself or anything I could ever do than to know that my election is sure. And that no matter what happens tomorrow with corona, if it ain't corona, what if it's anthrax? Who knows? Here's the point. You're looking at one preacher that knows my election's sure. I know my God and I have, like John, I have performed, I have positioned myself to that which pertaineth unto God. And if I'll do that which pertains to him, he'll do that which pertains to me. He'll help me. If I'll give him my best, he will always give me his best. I want you right now just to close your eyes and I want us to pray together. Jesus, I thank you for your word today. I thank you for the help of the Holy Ghost today. I thank you for your strength that I felt here in, in delivering your word God, I thank you for helping me. I gave what I felt you wanted me to give, and I pray, God, let it bless your people. Let it strengthen your people. Let it encourage your people. Let it challenge. And to them that are them or to him or her that maybe is on a, a fence today, and they're just teetering between, 
God, I'm asking you, let the wind of your spirit blow and direct them in your favor, in your direction. And God, use us all for your purpose and your kingdom. That's why you created us, God, was for your pleasure, not mine. And I ask you today, let that be fulfilled in all of our life. I pray it today in Jesus' name. God bless you. Be with us again very soon. God is speaking to our heart. Be encouraged. God bless you.